Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM. It's a marvelous night for a moon dance With the stars up above in your eyes A fantabulous night to make romance Neath the cover of October skies You know the leaves on the trees are falling To the sound of the breezes that blow You know I'm trying to please to the calling Of your heart strength that plays soft and low You know the night What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome aboard to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. What's going on, everybody? It is Friday, July the 20th. Summer flying by. Uh, the British Open is in, in full swing, and it's kind of fun watching some of those guys take some of those big numbers. I don't know if you saw the shot from uh, Ian Poulter yesterday. He was in the fescue, and he hit a, a rocket ball that bounced over the water. What in one of those deep traps and popped on the green? Uh, amazing how it does take a little bit of luck once in a while to to win, and uh, we'll see how it all plays out over the weekend. But um, if you're a golf fan and you're like me, you like to get up in the middle of the night and watch these things. So, <laughs> uh, but um, obviously a lot of things going on. Uh, you've got uh, just finished the uh, Humphrey Hawkins uh, testimony from uh, Chair Powell. And, of course, uh, he said everything is great. The world is we're in great shape, and uh, we should continue to uh, see growth and improvement, and I hope so. Uh, you know, again, I don't see it as much as everybody else. Uh, I think there's still a lot of issues. I think that the mass amounts of debt uh, out there are, are problems. But one of the things that, that does piss me off um, is, as you know, I'm a supporter of the president. Uh, but I, I don't think that it's his place to be getting involved in what the interest rate market is doing. Uh, I, as we all know, the, the Fed is supposed to be a private corporation. Uh, but again, you know, obviously a little a bit of a, a pressure from the president might have them change their tune. And, and, and personally, I don't think that does good for anybody. I think that is... Again, continuing to keep the, the, the free money train rolling. And um, I think that keeps the, the, the dollar printing machine going, which means that our dollars continue to be worth less. And I think, to me, that's a problem. Uh, I don't like it. In fact, I was, uh, when I worked out this morning with my son, we were talking about it, and I said, you know, it, it's amazing that the big banks how much power they have over the system. And, you know, the, 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 the lending restrictions are supposed to be like 10 to 1 based on what you have in reserve. And, and if, as we've talked about many, many times, I don't believe that most banks have anywhere near uh, the reserve that they're supposed to have. But even at 10 to 1, and even if they had enough in reserve, Basically, they are creating money. They're, you know, if you're lending money out at ten times what you have in reserve. So if you have a thousand, you're lending out ten thousand. You're basically creating nine thousand dollars worth of money, which is one of the things that when we talk about 
you know, these stupid credit card uh, guys who fight the credit card companies. Well, look, let, let's face it. If you're printing money, which is basically what's happening when you're lending out X amount of dollars based on what you have in reserve, you know, and, and so let's so, so use the example. Uh, I'm going to lend out 10000 to 10 different people. And those 10 different people are all going to pay me $10 a month. Okay. So now I'm collecting $100 a month on the $10,000 i have lent. But really, I only had 1000 So I'm really collecting on what I have in my based on my reserve. Which is why, um, you know, one through five, they're all no problem. They keep paying. They pay every month. Boom, 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 boom. And all of a sudden, but now six... After year number one, six says, I can't pay. I'm broke. I got no money. Well, why don't we renegotiate? Why don't you pay $5 a month? Why don't you pay $3 a month? Because the, the bank's program is to keep the money coming in, no matter what it is. Because, again, A, it wasn't true risk to them. And, B, they, they, they have the Fed backing them up. And, C, they just want to keep collecting the revenue. So, And that's kind of what the 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 program is and and so this this low interest rate environment is really just an excuse to keep people borrowing knowing that it doesn't really matter if they pay it back or not and uh, to me i find that to be somewhat problematic and somewhat troubling because what we really are doing, we're, 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 we're destructing and destroying the actual free market system because asset classes are not pricing themselves. Asset classes are not being priced by a true supply-demand model. Asset prices are being uh, manipulated by the Fed and making things worth what they may not be worth, but we're not getting the true value okay so when you allow this to continue to happen you know what will that eventually create well we all know what it's going to eventually create it's going to create the next major meltdown because eventually it gets away you know you, you can't you cannot manipulate forever it does eventually become uh somewhat of a problem and and, and again i think that's you know so what we what we've seen here is the the uh, the the wanting to suppress the dollar, which is starting to get away from them? The dollar looks like it has now broken out and above that ninety-five level. You've had them continue to keep try to keep suppressing interest rates, which is now why the yield curve is starting to potentially invert. So all the all the things that are going to happen from this are not good when it's all said and done. Okay, everything that we're going to see from this whole mess is not good. It's going to create, again, a another issue that will eventually have to be solved. But, of course, this is when you have a, a short-term view for a long-term problem. As we have stretched this out, our this bull market, and I, there's nothing wrong with the bull market. Again, I'm not mad about the bull market. As I said, I'm fully invested anyway, so it's to my benefit. But at the end of the day, it's not the benefit of the economy because the, the people that need to make more money are not. We're not seeing uh, wages grow the way that they should. So as it, as it is always, is the rich 
are getting richer and the middle class are getting squeezed. And so for, to, to keep these rates and, and, and have manipulation of these rates, it's time to move on. It's time to move to the next step. It's time to let the markets, it's, it's time to let the economy fend for itself. It's time to let real prices and real markets work the way that they're supposed to work versus the way that we, we want them to work. And, and that's, I think, an issue that we continue to, you know, that's the, the age-old problem. But again, that's, you know, remember, those who can, can, can borrow, you know, X amount, uh, because of the low rates, you know, the average guy in the street can't get that money at those rates. So what difference does it make, which is what brings all those peer-to-peer lenders in? You know, we've had this conversation, but now again, it's, it, it's, it's pretty annoying that our president would now start discussing interest rates because you know that it's even though he doesn't have the power to do something, uh, it will create some issues. And I'm sure Chair Powell will not go against the wishes of the president. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. But all we'll do is create a bigger mess later. In the meantime, this is the Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And make sure that you go and download the show each and every day at libertytalk.fm. And also you get the Sporting Edge, which I'm sure the boys are talking a little bit about the British Open this weekend, as well as everything else that's going on, the big trades and so on and so forth. So go to libertytalk.fm and download the Sporting Edge and the Bubba Show. We're going to step out here for a break. We'll be right back with more of the Bubba Show after the break. Todd Bubba Horowitz, The Bubba Show, coming right back. Welcome back to The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. And, um, you know, as we um, look at some of the things, and of course, uh, I have said this week that I believe there's a news item coming out and it will have, it will push the markets one way or the other. And, of course, this morning, um, uh, President Trump said that he may tax all Chinese imports and uh, the markets went down quickly, but they came back. And, and again, I think this is more of a smokescreen. I do believe that the good news or the excuse me, not necessarily good news. The news that come out will be good news. <clears throat> excuse me. And it will be that the Chinese in the United States have worked out something and that we've got. Uh, this trade war and tariff situation under control, and we're going to have free markets. I believe that it's going to be more something like that than uh, what we are hearing about. But I, I, again, I think this is more of the the squeeze to try to push and force the Chinese to get to the table already. I, I think that they've been. Um, I think they've been you know, uh, saying, well, we don't have to do anything yet. And I think they're going to be forced to do something. And we've already seen Mexico say that, you know, there may be a deal in place soon. Uh, and I think that's really what we want. I think that's what the president wants. I think they're, they're looking to get just free and fair trade. And I think China will come to the table. Uh, I do think that, um, you know, I, I think that they're going to settle this. Again, this is not, you know, two little companies. This is the, the two biggest economies in the world that are eventually going to have to either work together or we're going to have to be on our own. And we can survive on our own. I don't think that they can. 
Okay. They're already in trouble. Their markets are already getting creamed. Um, you know, they already do so much manipulation on their own. So I think that what's going to happen is they're going to come to the table. Uh, I think very much like everybody else. You know, remember, we are the biggest customer in, in the world. So I think that, you know, we're going to see that these things should work out. And I think if you watch how the, the grain markets have been trading, uh, I think you can see that they've been trading, uh, you know, like they've kind of bottomed. And they're looking to work their way higher because when this does resolve out, then it opens up the free markets for everything. So I think that is more likely the scenario that we're going to see. And that's more likely the news that I think we're going to see. And I think that it's, 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 you know, if it doesn't come out today, tomorrow, the next day, it will be out within the next you know, couple of days. Uh, I think that that's what you're going to see. I think that's how the market's going to function. I think that's what we're looking for uh, because you can kind of see the way the markets are are going to are trading. Okay, they're not trading like they're worried and they're feared. Okay, if you've watched and, and the key the key to watch here because the mo one of the most affected things is the grain markets, and you can just see the way that they've kind of held up and how they've kind of rallied a little bit. You know, soybeans have rallied off of you know down to about they got down to about eight thirty. You know, now they're trading, you know, up in the 870s. Uh, you know, corn was well down. Wheat was well down. But they're all kind of showing up and coming back. So when you look at it from that perspective, it gives you a, a better general view that people, the, the, the traders that are in the market, are having a better feeling, which is why we're seeing some buyers coming in. Now, obviously, they've been short for quite a while. But I think that you're going to see that they're starting to cover a little bit. I think you're going to see something more positive come out from here. Uh, and I think that is more and more the key. Uh, so I, I really believe that that is going to, uh, uh, is, is going to be the difference. Um, and, 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 and that's what I think you're looking to, to see uh, as, it, as it starts to work is exactly what we're talking about. And that's where, you know, you have these issues uh, that will be resolved. And again, I think that, I think when it's all said and done, I think that will be, that could be the final push of the equity markets to highs when that comes out, if it does. Uh, and I, but I think that helps show or put the bottom in grains. So, you know, I think that again, you're looking at that's why we're that's why we really like uh, hogs here because they've been very adversely affected by what's going on, and so I, I think that you know, again, I think this is more of uh, of the as they say the art of the deal, but whatever you want to call it, I, I think that it, it does bring uh, some very interesting dynamics to a market. And, and, and when you have a market that is looking for a reason to sell off, you have the debt and the other problems. But I think you need one final last blow off to, tra to trap the rest of the week longs to get in. You know, everybody who has not gotten in uh, should be now about ready. And if they're not in, they, they will be in shortly. <laughs> okay. 
So at the end of it, I think that's what we'd be, you know, focusing on. And I think that's where you, you get this overall view. And I think that's what's going to be uh, the, the big story when it's all said and done. And, and again, that's the news that I'm looking for. And that's the way that I'm playing for that news as well. And, and again, you can kind of see it, you know, the early this morning when, when President Trump made that announcement about the tariffs, the grains fell apart a little bit and have already come all the way back already. So, again, to me, all, all signs point to uh, the bottoms are in in the grain markets. Uh, the bottoms are in in the hogs. Now, you know, the cattle, they've had a pretty nice rally, so it's hard to say. Uh, I think that they look good. And I think they've got an opportunity to run, but I'm not as bullish today. Now, I've been obviously very bullish cattle for quite a while. So it's not like it's that I'm getting bearish all of a sudden. It's just it's hard to, you know, we've now rallied, you know, basically 10 percent from the lows or more. So it's, it's hard for me to get to a point to say, well, you're going up a lot more. And again, I think they will go up more, but I'm, I think the the first big move has been been made. And, and we'll see. But, you know, this, the, the whole, the, everything is setting up for a little bit of a market meltdown. Now, again, we're not looking for the end of the world. So don't, let's not, let's gotta get goofy here. Again, we believe that the markets are going to go up over time. But again, we do believe there's also a need for a sell off. Uh, but I think that, you know, this is kind of setting up. And as we talked about a little bit yesterday, is typically the beginning of the fourth quarter has been where. We've seen a lot of these meltdowns coming. And I have no reason to believe that this year is not going to have something similar. I think when you look at it, I think when you look at what's going on, I think it gives us a view that certainly that we could see a meltdown, you know, in the fourth quarter again, you know, an October Monday, you know, not the first Tuesday in November, but the one of the Mondays in October, uh, Again, and that's just, you know, a view. I mean, we could have a meltdown anytime, but that's typically as we get towards, you know, the end of the year. And for some reason, we've always had these big meltdowns in, in you know, in, in, in October. So, again, things are just kind of setting up for, for that. You know, let, let's see if we start to get the reassurances from everybody, you know, how good it is. You know, I always use the quote from Andrew Mellon that the high tide of prosperity will continue. That was in September of 1929, and we all know what happened. Uh, we all know that, that, that Paulson went on face the nation in, in 08 and said everything's great, and that was September of 08, and we all know what happened. So again, we're not telling you to do anything right here. I mean, we're, we're very much neutral, observing, kind of hanging on the sidelines, waiting for the right opportunity of, of when to get in from either side of the market. But right now, based on where we are, we would think that the next big move, big move comes to the downside. And that's the way that we're going to look and try to play for it until something proves us differently. But in the meantime, we're neutral, we're observing, we're patient, and we're going to wait for what we would consider the right opportunity. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz, and of course, you haven't checked out our high school investing program please do highschoolinvesting.com uh we're trying to keep this thing going but we're running out of capital so we've gone to patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash bubba trading 
And I think all of you who've helped have helped so far been great. Uh, but we are going our ninth year and, uh, you know, another big bill just came in. So we need to get these paid. So if you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com forward slash Bubba Trading. In the meantime, uh, don't forget to download the show every day at libertytalk.fm. You can download that and the Sporting Edge. And we're going to step out of a break. We'll be right back with more after the break. The Bubba Show. Top of Horace. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, is seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. Welcome back to the Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horowitz with you. And Bill Whittle and crew did a great thing on the uh, Strzok hearing. So good versus evil. And I'm going to share that with you now. Here we go. Uh, Congressman Gilmert, uh, responding to um, Agent Strunk's uh, perpetual smug uh, denial of any bias whatsoever. No, the disgrace, Mr. what this man has done. The gentleman from justice. Texas will suspend for a there moment. There is the disgrace. And it won't be recaptured anytime soon because of the damage you've done to the justice system. And I've talked to FBI agents around the country. You've embarrassed them. You've embarrassed yourself. And I can't help but wonder when I see you looking there with a little smirk, how many times did you look so innocent into your wife's eye and lie to her about uh, Lisa? Mr. Chairman, this is outrageous. The credibility of a witness Shame is always on an Chairman. issue. Oh, Mr. You Chairman, please. Have you Mr. Chairman, this is intolerable harassment of the witness. What is wrong with that? You need your medication. Well, Steve, um, uh, a number of the Democrats on the committee got up on their hind legs that, uh, that a member of Congress would have the audacity. The, the, uh, they were shocked, shocked, I say, um, to have uh, Louis Gohmert call into question the character of this um, agent. What do you think about him basically bringing the fact that he's an adulterer into this, uh, into this case? Some people said it's, it's, it's uh, against uh, uh, congressional rules, but it's only against congressional rules to do that to members of Congress. Well, yeah. You know, we judge people for things like that, and we probably should. Is it proper for it to come up in a congressional inquiry? Well, in this case, yeah, I'm going to say so, because this is a weird dude. Uh, this struck guy, I know we're supposed to be talking about the congressman, but I was, he is unhinged. He's, he's unconnected to simple humanity. And the way you behave in a situation like this, he was off-putting. He at times appeared possessed. In fact, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Omen 3. Terrible movie. Just just killed the franchise. But Sam Neill plays, you know, grown-up Damien Spawn of Satan and this awful uh, in this over-the-top performance had nothing 
nothing on Peter Strzok talking to talking to Congress last week. It was unlike anything I had ever seen. Grown men don't behave this way. You know, in um, in, in poker, you learn to watch for for tells in the other players. You know, this guy, when he's got a good hand, he, he holds his cards like this, or he puts them down on the table so he isn't tempted to look for them. There's another guy who's got a bad hand, always raises his eyebrow like he's got a good hand, and you know he's about to bluff. You look for these little, tiny tells, these these these, these subtle clues to a person's playing ability and, and, and kind of to their character. Struck with a, a shivering wincing, twisting mass of giant tells. He was like a Tex Avery cartoon. I've never seen a human being <laughs> behave like this in a serious situation. Oh, it was just, it was unnerving. And that's what we saw. What we didn't see, and I think this happened on Friday, is, is uh, FBI co-worker and paramour Lisa is it Page? Lisa Page, yeah. Page, yeah. She finally agreed, if that's the right word, to live up to her subpoena, but her testimony was behind closed doors, and the reports are that she was much more cooperative than Strzok was. So what's going to come out of that, I think, is going to be the big story, Bill. That would be um, satisfactory to me. Uh Scotty, the reason I, as I said, the reason I was so um, proud, actually, at that moment, uh, was not just that that uh, Gomert and um, and Gowdy were going after what is clearly a fundamentally corrupt agency that's responsible for enforcing the law in America, not just the FBI but the Justice Department entire. And I have to tell you, I liked seeing Louis Gomert lose his cool. And by the way, if that's him losing his cool, he loses his cool in the coolest fashion I've ever right. seen. Yeah. But nevertheless, you could tell that I think at some point he had after all, <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say, Scott, is after the the horror and the sequence of goat rodeos that, that Louis Gomer has had to watch over the last several years in Congress, I think he finally found something that disgusted him on a level above and beyond the ordinary Hillary Clinton you know, lies and, and, and evasions and so on. What was it do you think it was that got him actually almost to break character in a sense as a, as a congressman? If I had to say, I would say it was the hubris of the witness. And by, by that, I mean, um, there was a way that Peter Strzok could have played this that would have been uh, successful, for want of a better term. Uh, when you have all this written evidence of his text messages going back and forth, not only with his uh, adulterous affair, uh, paramour, as Steve called her, um, but also uh, talking about President Trump in highly negative terms and talking about the horror of Trump getting elected and how we have to stop it and all that kind of stuff. There's a way that he could have given his testimony where he sort of sheepishly would say, you know, I can understand why somebody reading these text messages would call into question my integrity and my ability to operate this investigation. Really sure. um, I can see how this looks. Um, clearly, it appears that I have bias here. I can also see why people would doubt my word when they know that I was not honest with my wife and that I was cheating on her. And I, I'm not going to try to change your mind if you see it that way. I will try to offer an explanation 
as to what I was really thinking at the time, which of these text messages going back and forth were really just sort of dark humor and which of them were, were serious interactions had to, having to do with things. I believe in my heart that I did not allow my personal feelings to corrupt the investigation process, but only the American people can determine that and you here in this congressional panel. Now, I, I think that gets a hearing at the very least, I, you know, but to come out there and basically say, how dare you, Congressman? How dare you, you know, allege that that I have been uh, I have lacked integrity? How dare you say that I had bias? How dare you suggest that the entire FBI is a corrupt organization? You know, and that's what he basically did. He threw his sin over the entire agency and basically said, look, if you're criticizing me, I'm the very embodiment of integrity in the FBI, and you've criticized the entire FBI, which is not, in fact, what the criticism is. It is that there are some people at the FBI who have allowed their own biases to stand in the way of executing justice in a, in a manner which is blind to favoritism. And so it's, I think Louis Gohmert looks at that and says, you know, this, how offensive how offensive this is to have people whose highest calling is to administer justice in this country. And this guy is the worst sort of arrogant, dissembling weasel. And, and he's sitting here before the, 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 the people's representatives mocking justice. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to uh, rewind this uh, show after I finish speaking, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Uh, and, I, and I'd like you to go back to uh, that moment when Scott, for a minute or so, speaks uh, as uh, what something that Agent Strunk could have said. Because what I found so interesting about that was that was the sound of an honest man trying to honestly portray his lack of honesty. And um, that's and that's what it. that's no, that, but that's what yeah. that's what that's what the kind of integrity that would never get into those weeds in the first place sounds like. And when you find that you don't hear something like that from this fellow, it's the same thing with Hillary Clinton and all the rest of these people. They simply don't have the moral. Uh, it's not there. They're, they're, they're gears and parts that are missing transistors and so on that that simply don't allow them to to go to that place. Um, I suspect that the thing that actually got Louis Gomer more off, uh, more heated than, than, than he usually is, was, as, as both of you mentioned, the idea that, uh, that this uh, terminal liar would throw his net around the entire FBI as if to say, by, by, by accusing me, you hereby accuse the entire FBI. Uh, I think it was Gomer. It was either Gomer or Gowdy who said, "Listen, I've I've heard a lot of text messages. I've gotten a lot of emails from agents around, FBI agents around the country, and they are ashamed and they're embarrassed and they're and they're mortified. And I suspect that he's had to deal with a, a number of those um, uh, kinds of emails. And uh, and I know that the the huge majority of people in the FBI work long hours to try to make sure nothing bad happens to us." But I also have to say that I was astonished and filled with despair to discover how deep the rot inside the Justice Department and the uh, Federal Bureau of Investigation is. Um, I would simply say uh, to anybody who might be involved with the Justice Department, not that they're lining up to watch the show, but just for a matter of philosophical debate, I would simply say this. Um, 
You took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States and protect the people of the United States. You and that is where, uh, obviously, Bill and, and Scott and, and Steve uh, talked about it. And I think that, again, I have no disagreement. Um, and I do like Louis Gomer a lot. So, hey, we, obviously, we're all entitled to our own opinion. And that's the way things go. In the meantime, this is The Bubba Show. And I am Todd Bubba Horwich. And, of course, don't forget to get Bubba's Daily Update, which is available to you for free every day. Uh, after the close, I email you what a little three to five minute video. All you have to do is go to BubbaTrading.com and you can sign up for it for free. No credit card, nothing required. And don't forget to download the Bubba Show each and every day as well as uh, the Sporting Edge, which is uh, obviously done on the weekends. And check it out and see what the boys are talking about with the British Open. We're going to step out here for a break and we'll be back with Jane King, Lila Max Media after the break. This is The Bubba Show. I am Todd Bubba Horwitz, and we'll see you right back here in three minutes. The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz coming right back to you. Welcome back to The Bubba Show. Todd Bubba Horwitz, and it's time for the one, the only, the unbelievably talented Jane King, Lila Maximedia, the Kaching Report, and just back from Vegas. What's up, Jane King? Vegas, baby. And I actually played this. We had a seven-hour delay, by the way, coming back to New York because it was Tuesday when we had all those bad storms. And so what do you do when you're stuck in an airport in Las Vegas? You play the slot machine. So I won 50 bucks. Nice. (laughs) Nice. So how was... It was something to do, boy. I, I hadn't had much sleep with all that time change and everything. And I just had to do something to, like, occupy my time. So I did that. So what were you doing in Vegas? Um, Caesars unveiled this, or they had a groundbreaking for this new big kind of meeting space. And, um, you know, like everything's just like over the top large in Vegas. So this thing's going to be able to hold 10,000 people. Um, they're going to have the two, the world's largest two pillarless ballrooms. So, um, they were groundbreaking for that and expected to be open in 2020. You know, what's interesting is like everybody thinks Vegas, casinos, gambling, it's getting to be a huge just hub of stuff. Um, meetings and conventions, it's tied with Orlando is the number one meeting convention city. And um, they're getting a bunch of sports teams, too, uh, football and hockey. And so it's really kind of an up-and-coming town. It's interesting. No, it's a great town. And it's obviously, I do my seminars in Vegas because it's, it's easier and less expensive to go there. Mm-hmm. You know, you well, go- and there's tons of flights, like direct flights from all over the U.S. every day. So um, they really have, have done a good job in terms of attracting tourists and also meetings and conventions. They're a huge business. Okay, so let's get to the meat of it. Uh, what was your reaction to uh, the Trump-Putin press conference? I mean, obviously the media had a meltdown. Uh, your media, yeah. what, what did you think of it? What was your, what was your take? Well, you know, that was Monday, and that was the day that I was covering everything that Caesars in Las Vegas. So I watched just a little bit of the press conference, and then I had to go. Um, and so the part that I watched, I only saw Vladimir Putin going on and on and on and on about a question. And I was like, this dude does not stop talking. I mean, and I don't know if that's part of his strategy, is that he just, like, just talks and says nothing and trying to take up time so nobody asks him any difficult questions or what exactly his strategy is there. But um, I was like, wow, he really is taking 15 minutes to answer one question. Um, And then I come back from all the teachers' events and I see all the headlines and I was like, what the heck happened? And, you know, Anderson Cooper ranting about it and all this stuff. 
<laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately, I didn't get to see the press conference myself because what I really like to do in this day and age with the media is watch something myself and make my own decision because you just can't trust headlines anymore to really tell you what happened. And so I, it, it, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, I, I don't think that President Trump is buddying up with Vladimir Putin. I don't think he's being played by Putin. I don't think I think maybe he thinks that we should talk and have a dialogue and that might de-escalate some of the tensions that are going on. Um, but I don't think Putin has anything on Trump. I mean, I think some of that stuff's just ridiculous. And, you know, maybe he made a little mistake. But, you know, for God's sakes, I mean, the guy is on TV constantly. He's getting criticized from every which way. He's flying in all different time zones. I mean, you're going to make a mistake every once in a while if you say something. So I think everybody, as usual, got all overexcited and overreacted to it. Yeah, and don't I mean, and don't you think? I mean, Trump is not a dummy, right? I mean, he's a pretty smart guy. No, forget about what you think about him. You know, what people think about him as a personal, as a person, but he's a pretty smart guy. Don't you think he might have had? He might have another agenda behind his mind and, and why he did what he did. Well, I think so, but you know, it's, I mean, I'm sure he's thought this through. I mean, he knows like what's going on um, with Russia, and I think all he. I think what he tries to do when he came into office, and not just with Russia, but with North Korea and with trade and with a bunch of stuff, is he's just trying to disrupt the um, conventional knowledge. And the conventional knowledge is, you know, that Russia is bad. And they, you know, they try to disrupt the election, you know, which maybe they did. There's some evidence of that for sure. Um, but I think he's trying to just say, look, let's, let's just take what everybody believes and let's just see what the truth is really out there. And I think that's why I want to meet with Putin um, and get to know him. And, I mean, I don't have a problem with them meeting. Um, the only thing about this whole situation I had a problem with was when Putin asked to interview one of the, one of the Americans, and I didn't think that was a good idea. And Trump agreed with that, too. So, um, I, I mean, I just think everybody just, everybody's just crazy. Everybody's gone absolutely nuts and we saw that again this week. There'll be something else next week. hundred uh, percent. And of course, uh, uh, Trump decided to go to, is now talking about putting tariffs on everything. And of course, that caused a little bit of a hiccup in the markets early in the morning. Uh, but don't you think that he is just posturing and positioning to get a deal and get to say, hey, China, get your ass to the table. We need to work this out and then we can all move forward. But we need to take care of and get rid of all these tariffs. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I totally think that he's, I, I think this is going to um, readjust uh, the world trade markets. Now, India is talking about putting some tariffs on West Coast almonds and apples and, and things like that. So I mean, this is like a global trade war, which is pretty interesting to watch. Um, but it has been unfair for decades, and people got kind of, you know, other countries got kind of used to that. Um, they didn't have to work as hard and... Um, you know, I, I don't blame Trump for this. I blame the last 40 years of leadership that we had that hasn't been able to say no to anything. And I mean, and that's another thing. I mean, you know, everybody says, well, Trump's not presidential. Well, well, maybe this is the way a president should be. And again, I don't agree with everything he does. I mean, I'm very unhappy that he got involved with the interest rate market. You know, he's talking, telling Powell that he didn't tell Powell, but he kind of said we shouldn't raise interest rates. And I'm more of a free market mm -hmm. guy. I think interest rates should be what the market bears. But I mean, overall, he's really taking America and running it like one of his companies. And I think that's the way that we, we are a business. No matter how you look at it, we have a balance sheet. We we buy, we sell, we've got, you know, liabilities, we've got uh, receivables. Isn't it right to run it like a business so that we have a balanced budget at some point in our life, which we will never have, but isn't that the idea? Yeah, 
I mean, if you look at, you know, any the way any government is operated, I mean, they can't do X because the budget doesn't allow it. I mean, that you make your money, you, you make your decisions based on money and the funding that you have. I mean, that's just the way it is. You have to pay for this stuff. So, uh, yeah, and we can't, we cannot keep going how we were going. I mean, the way that this country has been run since basically the 80s with just, you know, an immigration policy that <clears throat> was chaos. Um, with with debts to the end of time, um, with not being you know trade the issues that were imbalanced to the U.S. I mean, we just can't keep doing that if we're going to remain a world leader in a powerful country. And he knows that, and most people know that. And um, he just you know he, he's trying to get everything back. And I can't imagine there'd be anybody else on this planet that would be able to do what he's doing and just take that and say no and do it with energy and wake up every morning and come back for more. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, there are people who, who appreciate what he's doing. And unfortunately they're not getting the bulk of the attention in the media. No, well, that, of course we know that the, what the media does. So, so we've got now, um, you know, uh, markets. I think that the work of things are going to work out. And I think as watching, when I watch the, the grain markets trade, they're telling me based on what I'm seeing that there's going to be a deal worked out and it's going to be very positive for farmers, which is what I've said all along. But I think you can start to see that in the way they're trading. Have you talked to any of your family about what's going on? I'm just out of curiosity. Mm. No, I haven't. I just talked to my brother yesterday, but we didn't talk about the grain market. But I'm going back to Indiana uh, coming up. So I'm going to get a nice read on, on how the crops look and what everybody thinks. So we've got a, we've got a Midwestern good old game of wiffle ball planned. Uh, and that gives a great time to like talk to everybody and figure out what's going on. So I'll have a full report for you next week. Uh, well, that would be good because, again, we want to know. Why, again, I think that a lot of this is just error. And, and I, I really believe that the, the biggest whiners and complainers of everything that's going on adversely with the trade is more the lobbyists and the and the people in, in in politics that benefit from the deals that are in place what do you think yeah well i mean that's you know the way it's been and and i think a lot of the people that we've elected over the you know, past whatever 35 years or so have been people who just really want to be liked they want to be loved they want to be admired um, they want to be written about glowingly in um, you know newspapers and in books and for history, and they've been they haven't been able to say no to stuff, and we've got ourselves in a whole bunch of policies that are just a mess. I mean, now what, what do you do about immigration now? Okay, so you've got people in the country who are illegal, millions. I mean, what are we supposed to do? I mean, you know, send them home. I mean, that's any solution to fix that problem is is not desirable. I mean, everything's going to cost a lot of money. It's going to cause a lot of pain. It's going to make people angry. It's going to tear the country apart even more. You know, and here we are. So you've got trade issues. And that is Jane King, Lila Max Media, the Katrina Report. And everybody have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the British Open if you're a fan. As always, I thank you so much for being here. This is The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. We'll see you back here on Monday. The Bubba Show, Todd Bubba Horowitz. Have a great day. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Liberty Talk FM.